0: This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM.
1: From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School.
2: This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, SiriusXM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing. And I'm joined today, um, this week after the Super Bowl, with my co-host, Americus Reed, who's the Whitney M. Young, Jr. Professor of Marketing and a brand identity theorist. And we can talk today a little bit about what happened in the Super Bowl this weekend in terms of marketing and maybe what's coming in the future, um, the future holidays. But anyway, hello, Americus. Welcome. (laughs) To well, my
1: Zoom room. <laughs> welcome to welcome to the program, America's co-host. Uh yeah, I love it. Thanks, Barbara. Uh, yeah, I really, I'm
2: inviting you into my Zoom room. <laughs> I
1: appreciate that. Thank you so much to uh for the invitation to come to your Zoom room. Yes, the uh, past Sunday was amazing, Barbara. And uh hats off to Tom Brady. I'm not a fan, but I'm a fan of greatness. And, That's what uh, I feel. Yes. And uh, this was his 10th appearance in the Super Bowl. He has appeared in 18% of every single Super Bowl that has ever been played in the history of the National Football League. So you got to tip your hat to him and the former Succoneers who are now on top of the world because they brought <laughs> that, that now uh, branding, Barbara, it's it's Tampa Bay now because they, they've got themselves their second Super oh, Bowl. Oh, I love so. that. I
2: haven't yeah. heard that. That's yeah. great. No, I agree with you. Whether you like Tom Brady or not, you got to respect the guy. How old? is see
1: 43 43 it's it's absolutely incredible and some some brands barbara they just they have a history they have they have a lineage they have a brand that that just evolves over time and gets better and better and better and i would love to know if we had if we could invite one of these iconic type of brands into the program today to discuss all of this greatness and how this happens because it's by strategy what have you got for me barbara
2: You know, what's a better brand for a long, long history of magnificent marketing and magnificent deliciousness but the M&M brand. And with that M&M brand, we have the Senior Marketing Director with us today to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl ad and what M&M's is planning for Valentine's Day and, and maybe even the rest of the year. And just in general, lots of marketing goodness. We have with us Allison Miazga, Bedrick, who's the senior marketing director for M&M's brand. Hello, Allison.
1: Hi, Allison. Good afternoon. Hello. Hey, it's great to have you on the program. We're excited to be here. And I got to tell you, if I had a dollar for every package of M&M's and or peanut M&M's that I absolutely devoured, uh, I just might be giving Jeff Bezos a run for his money. This <laughs> point. I just want to tell you that. Thanks Glad for you're your fan. Work. A, Glad you're a fan. A huge fan. Absolutely. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Yeah.
0: I, you know, I'd
2: love to, t- I agree with America's. It's like, this is an amazing brand and who doesn't love M&Ms, but also who doesn't love the creativity in your marketing and the way you've been able to bring newness to the same product. I mean, it's kind of astonishing how you've achieved the uh, consumer's needs in this category can be people like variety, they like creativity, but then they also like what they like. And somehow or another, you've <clears throat> managed to do both. And I would imagine that that's part of the DNA of M&Ms. Can you tell us before we get back into like your Super Bowl ad or your new plans, a little bit about the ethos of the brand or what you think about in general, the M&M brand stands for and the overview of the M&M's marketing strategy?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and and you're right. It's a it's a beloved iconic brand. We're actually 80 years old this year. Um wow. and so there's a tremendous amount of heritage with M&M's and it really starts, you know, with the characters, right? We have incredible distinct assets that we use and people see the characters and they automatically smile and they're obviously a symbol of the deliciousness as you said of the product. So um, we're blessed with sort of these distinct assets. Um, even sort of the color, you know, you 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 see the sort of the, we call it the beacon yellow, and you see it with the characters, mm. and instantly um, you get brand recognition, and that that clearly uh, is a gift. And then, you know, I think to your point, we have we have variants that have been around for years, like milk chocolate and peanut. Um, and then every year we have some innovation that is slated as well. And to your point, confectionery is a variety seeking category. Um, and so by offering sort of new you know, new um, flavors, it brings in typically younger consumers and making sure that we're going after the growth audience. And then the other thing that's part of our strategy for M&Ms is we like to think of ourselves as more of a sort of iconic entertainment brand. Um, we're all about fun um, and we're sort of evolving that to, you know, as you saw the pivot to the, on the commercial this year about bringing people together as we try to frankly become more of a purpose-driven brand. Um, but we've always been known sort of for fun and spontaneity. Um, and we are also an experiential brand. Mm. So we have M&M World Stores. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our own website where you can buy personalized M&M. So we exist beyond sort of traditional retail um, as more of a sort of we call it an immersive experiential brand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that consumers can interact with in a way that maybe they can't interact with another food brand. Yeah it's really astonishing
2: how much you could put on that little chocolate you know candy um because the product is what the product is very good i'm not but you've just explained tons of different things you can leverage on top of this candy and make it experiential. Make it have brand values, social responsibility. Mm-hmm. It can also be used to dress a party. You can mm-hmm. you can bring it in the colors of the school. I've seen many people mm-hmm. like do a whole party around certain colors of M&Ms, mm-hmm. which is a whole different way. It's really it's really so incredibly creative to think about how much you can add on to a product. It's definitely. What I like to talk about is it's around the customer experience. Mm-hmm. It's not just the product, but it's it's really imagining that whole customer experience and thinking
0: about what you could do next. Yeah, no, absolutely and and the one word that comes to mind is versatility. Um so clearly people eat it, you know, as a treat. But to your point, it's a it's, you know, they bake with it, they put it on top of ice cream, you know, add it to their popcorn, so it's a very uh, um, you know, mm-hmm. sort of expansive item that, you know, can get into many usage occasions. And then because we have the distinct asset of the colors and you could have sort of personalized or customized to what you want, that is something that is very, very unique um, in the in the chocolate category and something that we, we definitely um, leverage. And then I think the characters take us out of the candy world and they bring us into the entertainment world um, and obviously do it in a very sort of, Jester adult way. Um, so it's not, you know, childlike at all. It's very sort of clever and witty. Um, and then as we are now looking to become more of a purpose driven brand and really using our fun and our interaction in entertainment to bring people together, that is super exciting as well.
2: So along those lines, let's talk a little bit about some of the strategic decisions that you make as a marketing manager. So you decided to participate in the Super Bowl and you came up with a very clever, I loved your ad. Um, uh, How how did you make that decision? Because there were some brands that decided to stay out um, and there were other brands that decided that they wanted to come in. How do you decide whether or not to advertise on the Super Bowl or any of those other kinds of decisions?
0: Yeah. And I think first and foremost, M&M's has a big event every year. So it's it, it could be the Super Bowl. Last year we went big in on the Emmys. Um, you know we want to partner in a big way with big partners, and so that's something that's you know that's top of mind. Um, Mars Wrigley has a history, frankly, with Super Bowl, and I've been blessed to work on whether it's MMs or Snickers. Um, so we use it as a as a property, and it's been very effective for us. So um, I would say probably the end of the summer we decided that we're sort of all in and we want to participate and it's a kickoff for us. It kicks off our campaign. It kicks off our year. Um, so it's not a one and done. And, um, so we have a new campaign that just came out, but you'll see us use that all year. Um, and it's a way to get our customers excited. It's a way to get our consumers excited. So it's, it's part of our marketing mix that we, we frankly consider every year. Um, you know, it's it's its own budget. So some people, you know, may make decisions from a financial perspective, this is a separate budget than anything else that we do. Mm. Um, and we get to sort of lean in in, in a big way, um, and really surround it with a complete 360 campaign.
1: Alice, so this is absolutely amazing. I want you to unpack this a bit more the actual um, commercial. Yeah. Uh, that was used in the Super Bowl. Talk us through it. I, I love the purity of it. I love the simplicity of it. The fact that candy is joy, and joy can be the precursor to any apology needed. Uh, and, and I love the apology is kind of the the social glue that creates potential togetherness in some ways. It's like the ability to come and say, "Hey, listen, you know, we had a disagreement," or. Something happened. I want. I want to. I want to mend that fence. And I love the idea of candy being kind of the the joyful centerpiece, if you will, of that. Can you talk about how? Can you talk about the genesis of this and how you decided to kind of slightly take it in a more kind of humorful way? And 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 talk a little bit about the strategy that led to the actual commercial that we ended up seeing. Yeah. No.
0: Absolutely. And I think the pivot for us is, you know, M and M's has always been around spontaneity and really irresistibility. And the pivot for us is when we think about fun and humor, it's how do we, how does fun and humor have the power to bring us closer together? So, and any good piece of creative, you need tension. So what we didn't want to be is a kumbaya ad where everyone kind of comes together because that's not who we are. We have a jester wit and a bit of a, Mm -hmm. you know, and and the way you make people laugh is is through advertising is through some tension. Mm -hmm. So what you see here is, you know, you can call it apology, but it's really about, how m and believes that humor and fun really have the power to bring us closer together. Um, and so what we did in, in this campaign is really use our distinct wit and humor to kind of highlight maybe some things that could disconnect us. So that's the tension in the ad. Mm-hmm. And then sort of M&M's becomes, becomes the solution in a very sort of funny way mm. that we also felt like was very relevant to the times. We're all coming out of 2020 Yep. Where there's a lot going on. And so there's a nod to that. There's a nod to um, you know, with a little empathy and humor. Um, you know, we can all come together. So we wanted to, we don't want to be tone deaf to what's happening. Um, but then at the end, we're sort of true to who we are, where we have our beloved characters with an incredible celebrity that really stands for everything that the brand stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a nod to where we're going, and then at the end, you sort of see the beloved characters sort of in the way that that we bring them to life. So it was a bit of a strategic pivot for us, but it was really more around the power of bringing people together um, and, and the role that M&Ms can play in that.
1: Listeners, let's would... take a quick re-listen to that, uh, a little bit of the audio from that wonderful uh, Super Bowl commercial that we saw from M&Ms. I feel bad for kicking your seat on purpose. I'm sorry for mansplaining. That's when a man... I know
2: what it is. We should have just told you it's a boy.
1: I wish you didn't have to hear all that.
2: Sorry I called you Karen.
1: That's my name.
2: Sorry your name is Karen.
1: I promise I will not eat any more of your friends. Really? (gasps) Okay, it might happen one more time. Okay, that was absolutely amazing. Uh, we're speaking with Allison Miazga Bedrick, Senior Marketing Director for the M&M's brand. We just heard some incredible audio of one of the absolutely amazing creative uh, executions of the M&M's Super Bowl ad. I love this idea of fun and humor, but tension, uh, Allison, and, and kind of creating a, a way that you can get a conversation going a- around what people saw in those very witty, witty ads that were uh, a big part of the ethos of the brand that you were describing earlier, but I want to I want to jump back to this notion of of values because we keep seeing this, and what, what we saw with some of the some of the. Super Bowl advertisers uh, that were uh, getting airtime is that they chose not to participate, and that kind of was their signal of social value was to not participate to sort of say, hey, you know, this is a moment where we like to kind of pause and not be a part of this big stage. You guys obviously decided to to put a message out there. Talk a little bit about how that becomes part of the 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 the, the specific approach to this, and 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 that because it, there's a bit of a challenge that Barbara and I always talk about and that is when you lean on value, when you lean in on values you are making a decision that says i can attract people who feel they synchronize with this set of beliefs but i'm going to i'm going to sort of perhaps you know push away folks that don't and it's kind of like a decision that you're okay with that so talk us through the decision calculus of bringing in values as part of this. Because at the end of the day, I love my M&Ms. And, you know, you don't need to tell me the importance of togetherness for me to love my M&Ms. So bringing that in makes me even happier because I happen to love that message of togetherness, especially the way that you're doing it. But there is a, there's a risk to doing this. I want you to talk us through the decision to take on that potential risk. Yeah, and it starts really
0: with who we are as a company. Mars Wrigley is a purpose-driven company, and so While we were all in on Super Bowl, we're also all in on donations and social justice. And so it wasn't a one for the other, you know, Mars Wrigley has donated over $20 million to social justice and what's going Mm -hmm. on with COVID. Um, And so it's because we are a family owned private business and those are decisions. So it's who we are as a company and therefore who I am as an associate. And that's where it starts with. And that's why I I frankly have been at Mars for over 20 years because we are a principle-based company. And then you take that into your brand, and you say, "Okay, how does M and M's want to show up?" And togetherness, frankly, is not very controversial. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's mm-hmm. not as if we're picking something where you're going to alienate fifty percent of the population. <laughs> you know, it's something where uh, it's a bit of a higher order. It's mm. a bit of um, sort of what our, our beliefs are, um, and and so th- therefore we feel like it's it's sort of the right thing to do. Mm. Is you know is is in an area of bringing people together, breaking down barriers. Um, And really also ensuring that people can be seen and valued. Um, And so those are something that we we feel are just sort of human rights, if you will, Mm. (laughs) versus something that is going to alienate. Now, clearly, you know, the ads done in a way where, you know, as I said, there's a bit of these vignettes that have a bit of tension that people will have a a perspective on. um, But we hope that we did it in a way that was very sort of um, clever and and, um, tasteful um to to sort of have people talk about it but yet do, do it in a way that we're proud of
2: well, one of the things just shifting gears a little that I'm kind of curious because I'm watching a lot of what's going on in the new retail world and we're seeing a move to um, omni-channel kind of experience, some of the behavior online and some of the behavior in store. So that's one trend that's obviously been accelerated by COVID. Another trend that we've seen is the direct-to-consumer move, that a lot of brands that did a lot of communicating through wholesalers um, are now making a lot more direct messaging to their end users. Can you talk us through a little bit what m strategy is on that direct um, dimension. I know you have some of your own stores, you already mentioned that, but just in general, some of what your marketing is and how you're doing that.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. We have our M&Ms world stores. We also have m and um, where we sell sort of direct to consumer and, you know, offer personalization and customization. Um, and that's clearly where we feel like we can sort of show and be our best selves. Um, and And clearly there's been a pivot to that, we also look at that not only from an e-commerce perspective, but as much from a a media perspective. How do we collect data? How do we retarget? So how do we sort of own a bit more of that versus always going through somebody else? Um, Clearly our our customers, our retail customers, even our e-com customers are very important to us. So it's it's a bit of that balance. Um, But when you have a brand that is as iconic, that consumers are willing to interact with you directly we feel that you need to take advantage of that, and and you're absolutely right. I think COVID has, um, you know, what we found with COVID is is frankly, mm. people fell back on the brands they love, mm-hmm. um, and and M and M's is one of those brands, and so we saw a lot of people come back, um, buy the big bags because they were oh, obviously yes. home with their families. So yes. um, it, it's interesting to see the behaviors, and clearly, um, you know, the the, the 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 switch more to sort of ecom. Um, is something that is very um we, we have to be there whether it's through our re, our, our ecom partners even our D, you know uh, our ship to click partners as well as um as well as our own our own channel so clearly it's something that uh is important it's not going away and and frankly we, we need to do more of
2: I'm curious, so now when you go direct and you're talking about the availability of the data and things like that, and there's obviously a lot of things the data can tell you in terms even of logistics or things like that, but what I'm curious about, and I'm curious about this anecdotally, I don't know if you can share some stories, when you start directly interacting with your end users, is there information or or knowledge that you got from that conversation that was new and insightful and informed future marketing strategy?
0: Absolutely. And I think the fact that we have our own owned channels from a social media perspective, right, mm-hmm. uh, interacting every day, we actually have an innovation that is coming out this May. Mm. It's called m ms Mix. Okay. And it was because consumers asked for it on social media. And it's simple. It's mixing your favorite m ms in one bag. So we have one bag is milk, peanut and peanut butter. And then, given that peanut oh. is our, our biggest variant, it's a milk peanut, a dark chocolate peanut, and a white chocolate peanut. Oh my! Sounds God. simple. It's a bit more complex from a, a, a supply perspective, but consumers have been asking um, for years, uh-huh. and so we are finally able wow. to say we have heard you, and, and here you go. And if we weren't sort of communicating with consumers online, you know, we may hmm. we, we may have had to find that out another way. But that's a, a great example of. That's a Um,
2: fantastic example. You know, it's so funny to hear you say that because like as a marketing professor, we are always talking about the customer first, the principle of customer value. But the truth of the matter is really established expert marketers or I've seen this with the malls. I've seen it with brands. It's difficult for them to ask to get customers permission to give them ideas because you know much more about candy and M&Ms than your customer does on one level. And so it's very natural for you to think, you know, you know, what customers want better than maybe they do themselves. So I found that as much as brands say they listen to the customers, it's actually difficult for them to do it because like you said, it's more complicated than you think to put a lot of the different flavors in one bag. So I really think that's a little bit of a culture shift which I found has been accelerated by COVID for so, some of the marketers that I've spoken to. A- am I saying something that resonates with you? or are, Yeah, are absolutely.
0: You? And I also think it's they're not going to tell you exactly what mm. they're going to say. You have to listen to what's behind what they're saying. And so what we find is consumers love to give us their opinion, whether it's on new flavors that they want or recipes. People bake with M&Ms all the time. So mm. you see a lot of people in, engaging with us but we've done that, you know, every year we have what's called like an equity building activation where we, we, you know, sort of allow our brand to come to life through typically what's called a promotion or an activation. For years, we did voting. We would allow consumers uh-huh. to vote. Um, oh, they love I remember it. They love, that.
2: Didn't you allow us to vote on new colors? Like you've what? have done a lot of different votes was? over the years. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember but that one. Yeah,
0: whether it's yeah. So that's just an example of listening. You know, listening to your consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they may be also saying something. You know, you you may not be able to actually deliver that. But it's what's behind the ask. Mm-hmm. Um, is is you know it's more of the uh, the intuitiveness behind behind it versus maybe the direct ask. I'm
2: Barbara Kahn. I'm here along with my co-host Americus Reed, and this is Marketing Matters. Today, we're joined by the senior marketing director for the M and M's brand, Allison Miezaga? Bedrick. I'm, I'm sorry if I mangled your name. <laughs> She's the senior well, let, marketing director. Well, let me let me director just let said. me
1: just jump in, Barbara. That's. Alison Miazga Bedrick, but it was a fantastic, okay. see, your, <laughs> Barbara, your mind was on that Eminem's mix that's coming. Right,
2: March, yeah, April, like March and April. I did, yeah, so I might've mangled your name, I'm sorry, but no I'm worries. really happy you're here. Um, and I wanted to shift gears again, just because I'm, I'm interested in, I, my area of research is on variety, and I'm really interested on how you put variety in. And we've talked about a couple of ways that you put variety in, because as I said, I do think it's an important piece of this particular category. One way you do it is by different flavors. You can do it through the colors. Another thing you do is through holiday mixes and, deci- and decisions like that. Now those seem to me to be, just from a logistic point of view, a little bit more complicated because you kind of have to predict demand and then they go out of date and you know, whereas other things don't go out of date. So how important is the holiday mix and that as a reason for purchase in the M&Ms world?
0: Yeah, I mean, our seasonal business is super important. Um, obviously, um, it, it's a big piece of our business, and it's where permissibility increases, right? So people give themselves uh, an excuse to sort of eat candy during the holidays. So mm-hmm. it, it's huge for us. Um, and, and obviously, you know, milk and peanut are the number one, number two sellers, and always will be. But variety is the spice of life, and there is something nostalgic about the holidays. So when you can introduce a flavor that harkens back memories Uh, to, you know, maybe growing up or whatnot. Um, So a lot of our seasonal flavors, we call them hallmark flavors. And it's exactly that. It's something that you've grown up with. When you think of it, you think of sort of that particular season. Um, And it's been very successful for us bringing, um, you know, consumers into the, into the franchise. And then typically what you see is not only will they buy the new flavor, but then they'll also probably buy some of their tried and true flavors as well. Amazing. Well,
2: Allison, thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to keep up with you and everything new and exciting that's going on at MM's? MM's.com. That's simple, huh?
1: <laughs> I love it. Simplicity is awesome. This is great. And I cannot wait for M&M's Mix. That's when you said that, I wept a, a little bit over here, Allison, because as a big fan, I mean, that's just an amazing, you know, an amazing innovation. So thanks for all your work. We really appreciate you. Uh, spending some time with us on the program.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.